1: The season is over, but not before the Dolphins steal the spotlight one last time. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show, where I will shortly be joined by my co-host, Joshua Houts. And it's Wednesday, so Merrick Brave will also be joining us. The Miami Dolphins fell 34-31 to the Buffalo Bills. The game had a little bit of a Shaun of the Dead feel, right? They were going to go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, wait for the whole thing to blow over, right? The Bills were just enjoying their day, but Merrick... The Dolphins on Sunday gave the front office a lot to think about going to this offseason, something none of us expected. No, uh,
0: certainly I did not expect it. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember my prediction. Does anyone remember? I predicted the the Bills to win 30, yeah, 38 to six. We I were comparing have... it
2: to TCU and the 62, seven loss. We were comparing it to some <laughs> of those bloodbaths.
0: Yeah. I couldn't be any, uh, I couldn't have been more wrong and I couldn't be happier about that. You know, the Dolphins did lose, but they made it a game and it was actually a fun game to watch and i can't remember the last time there was a dolphins playoff game that was actually fun to watch probably the last time they won a playoff game which was in the year 2000 so uh all in all came away from that one feeling about as good as you can feel without actually winning the game
2: it was the perfect ending to the season i mean we kind of didn't think we were going to win this game right i mean many of us didn't even think we were compete uh they went out there above all of our expectations mike mcdaniel um you know he left some plays, you know, the communication issues. We'll talk about that a little bit. But at the end of the day, I mean, he called the game of his life. Josh Boyer called the game they needed, and they almost pulled off this thing. So I cannot be more proud of them. And, it, again, it's the perfect way for this season to wrap up, even if it was a
1: loss. Football is such a crazy sport because I think my biggest takeaway right right, in, at the front was Mike McDaniel put together a roster that was not scared like this wasn't the team that got curled up into a ball by the bills twice or four times under brian flores this wasn't the team that you know walked home from tennessee with its tail between its legs this game definitely had a different vibe but that was not the case early the dolphins entered as 14 point underdogs and trailed 17 nothing but You kind of felt it in the stadium, you know, that that I I mentioned at the top that Sean of the dead feel like all the bills, this, this is just a formality for them, right? Everyone's smiling in the crowd, you know, Josh Allen's already, you know, head is back just relaxing, but Merrick, the field goals quickly started pouring down for the Miami Dolphins. Tell me what you saw early on where, you know, the, the air was out of that stadium. If you're a Dolphins fan, right? You're down 17, nothing, but three points at a time, they started crawling back. Oh,
0: certainly. And you know, it's that classic, well, you can't trade uh, field goals. You know, you can't score field goals when they're scoring touchdowns. So even when the dolphins were gaining points three at a time, you know, I'm watching with my my oldest son and he's like, Oh, look, dad, we're, we're climbing back into this one. And I'm like, settle down. (laughs) We're still going to get demolished. We're still going to lose by 30 to 40 points. You know, we're still playing the bills. They're still going to put up touchdowns and And eventually these field goals will stop for Miami. But then the Bills started doing kind of what the Bills have done all year long. Uh, Josh Mm -hmm. Allen actually averages over one turnover per game. He's one of the most turnover prone quarterbacks in the National Football League. I I was a guest on a, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast last week, and they said, if the Dolphins win, how does it happen? And I said, the only possible way the Dolphins have a shot is if Josh Allen turns the ball over numerous times uh, and gives the Dolphins uh, short field so that they can kick field goals and score touchdowns. And that's kind of what we saw. And it really did Mm -hmm. almost lead to the Dolphins first playoff victory in over 20 years. Uh, Not quite enough, but... I still, I still wasn't buying it when the Dolphins were kicking those field goals early on. I was like, yeah, sure, all right. I think one of my notes, you know, I take notes throughout the game so I can write the articles later in the week. And one of my notes for the, the good section of my good, bad, ugly article was, yay, the Dolphins didn't get shut out after the first field goal because <laughs> I really didn't expect much more than that.
1: And it's crazy, Josh. I'd love to get your insight on this as someone who watches the game over and over and go follow at Houts on YouTube and at Houts on Twitter for all the clips you will ever find. But Josh, it was a 20-yard completion to durham Smythe, 19 yards to Tyree Hill on third and 19 to set up that first field goal. Skylar Thompson was still sacked twice on this drive. So while Miami started to get this offense going down 17 to nothing, oh my God, it was still ugly as
3: all hell.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been that way all season, right? They take one step forward and two steps back. I mean, you have Robert Jones, who's called for a couple of false start penalties. Every time they start game gain momentum, you know, they would be knocked back a little bit there. Um... I guess we both mentioned, you guys both brought up Jason Sanders, and I just, we got to give him his flowers. I mean, we talked, uh, I know I admittedly talked, you know, a little bit down on him when he was missing field goals, <laughs> you know, was a little bit questioned, uh, you know, whether he could still do it. I think he made, what, six field goals in the last two weeks. You know, he's been clutch as can be, and uh, we definitely, I think, could put that money sign back in his name, but um, I was just happy with the way the Dolphins went out there, and Merrick said, you know, Josh Allen still threw for 352 yards, three touchdowns, yeah. but yeah. it was able to get those turnovers. It was able to get that pressure up front. I think the Dolphins, you know, air Rowe had a sack, Jerome Baker, Christian uh, Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, and then Jalen Phillips and Elijah Campbell both had a half sack. I mean, they were getting at uh, Josh Allen all day, and that was forcing him to make mistakes. So, um, again, I came on, you know, prior to the week probably thinking, you know, Josh Boyer was on his way out. He needed to call a game like that, and he needed to see the guys around, you know, that those defensive players step up, and they absolutely did that. I mean, you have written down here, Xavier Howard was burnt toast early on digging up some big plays, but even he rallied late, you know, got that pick, you know, caused a turnover. Zach Steeler, I mean, how awesome was that? So um, I think with this, this game, the biggest takeaway from it is that the Dolphins have a lot of playmakers that this team can build on for the future, and hopefully, you know, next season we're back here like it's nothing, you know, winning a wild card game, you know, making that next step and, and seeing these players continue to grow because that's what we saw in this – uh, first season with Mike McDaniel, lots of growth out of some of these young stars.
1: Well, something we're seeing in the postseason, I think six of the ten teams before Monday night, so it go to what, seven of the twelve teams uh, exceeded thirty points. Right, you're you get to the playoffs for a reason. I don't think you know any defensive coordinator can come into a playoff game and think our job is to contain an offense. Right, especially when you know Josh Allen he was a combined sacked and turned the ball over 10 times. And yet they still put up 34 points. This game really reminded me of that first meeting against Buffalo where, all right, you know, Josh Allen's going to get his, you know, he's going to make big plays but how can you fill it in with some chaos? I mean, I think that interception by Xavier Howard kind of put into summary what this Miami Dolphins team is because that interception, that was like an over-the-shoulder catch. It was actually impressive. Um, You see that X still has those ball skills, and you wonder if this year was that kind of law of averages. He had some dropped interceptions. Obviously, the groin issues made him struggle a little bit, but what we saw here is that, hey, Mike McDaniel, when he came in here, he didn't go out and just sign his buddy to play, you know, defensive coordinator. He wanted to stick around with Josh Boyer, not only because the defense suited, the the talent suited what he can do, but it's different. This is a defense that a lot of teams struggle to battle with. I mean, Josh Allen pulled 350 yards and was still struggling with a seventh-round quarterback on the other side. So, Merrick, I understand when people get a little frustrated, Josh Boyer, you're blitzing every play, what on earth is happening, but putting Josh Allen in that, you know, uh, Nate Tice from The Athletic calls him Professor Chaos from South Park when Butters turns into Professor Chaos, just where everything's going to be a mess. That seems like the right way to win in the playoffs, and the Dolphins came pretty close. Yeah, they they did get to Josh Allen quite a bit in this game.
0: And like you said, it was with that blitz, which was interesting because Josh Allen was one of the better quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz all season long. And so you thought maybe – the Dolphins would show up with a different kind of strategy. And early on in the game, when Josh Boyer was dialing up those cover zero blitzes, you saw a lot of people on Twitter getting upset. Like, Hey, what are you doing? These aren't working. You saw Zavian get burnt by Stefan Diggs for a deep completion on a third and 15 earlier in that game. And, you know, it, it was kind of like, Oh, here we go again. Here's Josh Boyer, not able to, to adjust his strategy uh, uh, to fit the opponent that they're facing. Uh, but it was kind of like that all game, you know, sometimes the blitz was successful and sometimes it wasn't. So I'm not sure we can come away from this game with any definitive answers on Josh Boyer himself or, you know, is this the way to continue to attack Josh Allen going forward? It almost just felt like it was one of those games where I don't want to say it was fluky because a lot of those plays, uh, you know, were designed plays, design blitzes, uh, uh, disguised blitzes, uh, with that cover zero look, and then they would they'd back off of it, and then drop some people into coverage, and it seemed to be confusing Josh Allen. So if they do stick with Boyer, it you know for next season and beyond, it'll be interesting to see if that's how they choose to play Josh Allen going forward. But it had mixed results in this game uh, in Buffalo this past Sunday. But I don't think you were going to get any better than what you did. I don't think there was any scenario. Uh, with as many injuries that are in that secondary for the Dolphins where you were going to completely shut down Josh Allen. So I think you kind of got the best best possible scenario uh, out of what happened with all of those turnovers and that chaos and Christian Wilkins really getting into Josh Allen's head once more, like you pointed out uh, nicely on Twitter there, Jake.
2: <laughs> Sealer and Wilkins, they combined for 10 tackles. I mean, um, all season long, I've been sitting here talking about how the Dolphins need to sign one or two of the, either of those guys. I didn't realize they're both free agents next year, so I was worrying a a year early. So, you know, maybe they'll reach out to Wilkins, but those guys really stepped it up. Um, You guys both mentioned, you know, Dolphin fans would be upset. They were talking about the cover zero and things like that. If the Dolphins defense just sat back and let Josh Allen pick them apart, you know, they'd be complaining about that. So, um, like Merrick said, I think they, um, you know, Josh Boyer, tip your hat to him. I think he called the game that he needed to. Again, the players really stepped up. And one thing I didn't factor in when I was sitting here pushing this Josh Boyer, you know, I'm really wanting Vic Fangio. That's a guy I really, you know, had my eye on as a, even a head coach prospect at one point, but if they're not going to move on from him, you know, it has to be because these players in the locker room believe in Josh Boyer. And you know, that to me, that's enough based on the way they played when they needed it down the stretch. If uh, you know, they choose to stick in house and keep on this path that they're on and build on what they they're started. Um, I won't be that upset with it. So um, again, I just love the way they attacked Josh Allen, made things uncomfortable for him. And we saw those playmakers again, make big plays in situations when they needed it
1: so x gets the interception he returns the ball back down the field um miami takes over the drive goes 18 yards another false start on robert jones and uh they settle for the field goal make it 17-6 this was probably one of my favorite plays and yet one of my most frustrating plays of the game uh the dolphins force the bills into a punt and we get our said wilson sighting what we've been waiting all year for we saw this guy really erupt in dallas and we didn't expect this. It came on a kick return. Cedric Wilson goes 50 yards, gets Miami back in field position. I'd argue that, hey, I think he cut the wrong way at the end to get tackled. Uh, but Merrick, let's start with you. I remember telling my my dad and I were saying, having the same conversation you had with Buffalo Rumblings. How does Miami win? You know, my dad said there has to be a lot of things that go right. I responded with, no, I think there's a lot of things that has to go wrong. And I think special teams was a big thing that helped the Dolphins on Sunday. Yeah,
0: and I mean, that's not a common sight this season. I think special right. teams have actually hurt the dolphins more often than they've helped the dolphins this year, but special teams, they played a big part in keeping this one close. That, that was a huge return by Cedric Wilson Uh, Maybe he earned a little bit of a bit of that cash. He was taken from uh, the Dolphins this year to not catch passes. But, uh, you know, they signed him before they traded for Tyreek. So we're not going to harp on that too much. But then you had Jason Sanders making all the kicks and everything like that. So, yeah, special teams played a big part in keeping this one close. Um, We'll see again. That's that's another coordinator, Danny Crossman, who's kind of been in the Dolphins fans cross hairs. So we'll see if, if he sticks around after this year, but you're right. Special teams was huge on Sunday.
2: Yeah. They finally stepped up and I, I know that I think that was one of the moments when my oldest daughter was like, daddy's angry daddy's yelling and she's like no he's happy because i was sitting there just like <laughs> i was so excited to see cedric wilson you know he showed some explosion you know he was making some guys miss i did have to look it up um while you guys were talking Spotrack says there's a potential out in his contract after the 2023 season so it would be a two-year 14.75 million dollar contract that he signed so yeah he definitely made some of that money back on that return uh again for all the crap i talked about jason sanders he really stepped up at the end of the day and then um you know thomas morstead i think he's a guy that we all you know ripped got behind, you know, ever since he signed with the Dolphins, uh, you know, he sent out a nice farewell. Hopefully they re-signed him, but you know, he was flipping the field when asked upon. So, uh, that unit really stepped up and like Merrick said, Danny Crossman, at least heading into this game, he was probably on that Boyer tier where I thought they were both going to be out. If, you know, maybe they can run it. Maybe he points to this game and says, you know, give me another chance. But, um, in this game, whenever they needed all three phases to step up, I think they did as much as they could, despite, you know, some of those, uh, holdbacks their setbacks they had with a third you know a, a third string seventh round draft pick at playing quarterback
1: and that is the biggest difference in this game man because that cedric wilson return he wanted him to score the touchdown strictly because there was little confidence in miami's offense able to do that and this is going to be the first little sour note i kind of want to get you guys thoughts on because the said wilson return was followed by uh two incomplete passes jalen waddle man Talk about a disappointing performance. It seemed like Waddle all throughout that first half had some opportunities to make big plays. Uh, We know he's someone who kind of likes to go up in the air, maybe a little too much to catch uh, balls, but Merrick, how how do you feel about Jalen Waddle now that the season has come to a close? Because he seemed like someone that once Tua was out of the lineup kind of disappeared despite having some opportunities. We see him get the ball with an end around to get nine yards. But man, like he left a lot on the field, a lot to be desired as a sixth overall pick a season ago.
0: Yeah, certainly not his best game as a Miami Dolphin, starting with that that drop on that bomb early. I thought that was the most egregious quote-unquote drop. Maybe the only one that was actually a true drop. It mm-hmm. looked like, uh, I think there were maybe three more where it looked like he was about to have a big catch, and then a defender got a hand in there late and was able to knock the ball free. So I don't want to get on him or harp on him too much for those, but it wasn't Jalen Waddle's best game, and and I think he knows that. and And you know, you can't judge a player by one game. All in all, it was a fantastic season for Jalen Waddle, over 1,300 yards receiving, eight touchdowns. Um, you're right. He did kind of – his production did drop off when Tua went out, but he also battled through a lot of injuries this year. Mm-hmm. He he had the ankle injury. Um, he had the shoulder injury. And you could kind of see him early in that game against Buffalo on Sunday – kind of, kind of testing that shoulder out on the sidelines. It looked like he did hurt it on that big drop early in the game, uh, but he was able to battle through it and gut it out. So you give him props for that. Um, I don't know if I will, if I will, uh, you know, kind of harp on him for his dip in production after Tua went out. I think that'd be more of a, a, a Teddy issue or a Skyler issue. You know, he was still running crisp routes, getting open, but the quarterbacks weren't finding him and they weren't hitting him. So, uh, you know, again, not his best game, but I'm sure he will bounce back round into form and he'll be a uh, damn near a, a pro bowler again next season.
2: Yeah. I think Jalen Waddle himself would tell you that he should have probably come down with some of those balls. You know, when you're watching the game live, a lot of people were blaming him for some of those jobs. But when you do, you know, slow it down a little bit, you see that the defenders in some of those situations just made awesome plays on the ball. And then, uh, you know, there were a few times where I thought maybe Scott Thompson, if you put a better, you know, led him a little bit more. It could have led to a bigger play. So um, I think Jalen Waddell bounced back. You mentioned him being hurt. I think that might be kind of why he's using his body a little bit more. But any I mean, Skylar Thompson threw the ball 45 times for 220 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, I thought in the first half, I think I tweeted it out. You know, he was going to – you were going to watch the film and, you know, see him playing pretty well. I think after I tweeted that, I, I think that might have been when he started like – take drop dip a little bit in production and you know he started to look a lot more like that 7th round pick so i just wish you know maybe teddy showed that he wanted to play and you know was able to play in this game and we could see any other quarterback. I mean, I think Skylar Thompson gutted it out, played his ass off. I mean, you got to tip your hat to him, but um, you know, I definitely think that was a difference in this, but you know, you can look at this game and say that fourth and one, you know, not getting the play and that could, you know, you, that play right there could have been different. And then who knows, we could be talking about Skylar Thompson doing the unthinkable in Buffalo. So um, I, I'm sorry for being too down on him, but I think, you know, you mentioned a little bit better production out of the quarterback, uh, relying on Skylar Thompson, in this situation, uh, definitely sucks.
1: And that's, that's kind of where I stand though. Like we, we can talk about the fourth and one and we can even start talking about it now, but there were so many other things, you know, Cedric Wilson gets tackled by the kicker, you know, Jalen Waddle. I get, he's dealing with injuries, but as that, you know, high value, I saw someone kind of say this on Twitter and it kind of put it into perspective instead of him being one, one uh, B to Tyreek. He's now just the number two receiver until further notice. And I was kind of okay with that because I still wanted to see, you know, defenders get their hands on balls. I was hoping that he could still kind of fight through one of those and survive one. I'm not saying it has to happen every time, uh, but to pull it back to uh, Skylar Thompson here, you do wonder what, what what's happening here because you need him to do some sort of something. And it makes it a little more frustrating when nobody's helping. However, however, with the score 17 to nine, the turnovers kept coming for Josh Allen and this, Buffalo offense where Javon Holland had arguably I think one of his best plays of the season coming right over the top I think it was Cole Beasley he popped the ball out from and and gave Darth Cater an opportunity to turn the ball to the dark side
0: yeah Javon Holland uh you know kind of a a down year as compared to what he did his rookie season Uh, but I think a lot of that had to do with all of the injuries in the secondary and he was Mm -hmm. asked to play a different role than he was his rookie year so I will agree with you that this was one of his his better plays this season. It was just kind of awesome to see the both he and X are, 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 are stars on the back end are our, our leaders of the secondary each get interceptions this game. Uh, but, it, but it was cool to see Javon come down with that one. Uh, And, and just when he did the dolphins find themselves in the end zone for the first time, no more, no more settling for field goals. They finally scored a touchdown when Skyler hit Gesicki uh for a touchdown. And then, I don't know if it's just because I'm a 36-year-old white dude with two kids, but every time Gesicki does the gritty, I'm like, that looks pretty darn good to me, pretty good, (laughs) because I can't move my hips like that. If I tried, both my legs would be falling off, and you'd have to drag me off that field. It's on the confidence.
2: Yeah, I think that was a seed. I think I tweeted out that. I mean, I thought that was a, a nice throw from uh, Skylar Thompson. At that point, I mean, I started to get a little bit cocky. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Merrick. I think there's. I, I like the way he does that, Cody. I think that that should be one of the animations of man. They should get that thing in there. But, um, not to get too sidetracked here. But we saw Mike is, Well, we didn't, Jake. I don't even know what Mike is sick. He tweeted out today because uh, a lot of us are blocked. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm not blocked.
0: Not, I saw it. I, I know, did. Must, I did see it. I'm he he not blocks blocked.
2: people even if you just tag him in videos. Like I, I tagged Jim Phillips in one. If I would have done that to Gasicki, he would have blocked me. But um, anyway, just quick. Thoughts on Gasicki? I mean, was that the last time we see him doing the gritty in a Dolphins uniform?
0: Oh yeah, for sure, he gone.
2: He gone, man.
1: That he. was hope. hope he I had. saw
2: Spotrax that was like he might sign a deal worth eight million a season. Wrong. Um, you know, so, yeah, well, I know that's wrong, but I mean, it seems like if they go based off of that, I mean, that could be a little bit of a bargain. <laughs> it no, seems it.
1: like uh, he 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 just missed putting his putting his hands out for another pass. If Kasicki really took this game over, I think that'd be another one where you know we're sitting here saying, ah, do we want to keep Josh Boyer? Jason Sanders is another one. I think that if Kasicki comes down with that ball uh, that Skylar Thompson fired through the seam, um, I think that we'd be having a different conversation here. But I mean, he's been the ideal like. I hope no one takes it negatively, but he just seems like the team's golden retriever. Like you just toss a ball to him. He's going to fly in the air to get it and just be so excited about it the entire time. Um, and guys, I would love to hear your thoughts because that was, I think, Skylar Thompson's best throw where he just kind of rifled it in. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. What was McDaniel saying? Is he saying, just move your eyes, don't think about it, and then just fire it at Kasiki? because that seemed like the one player. It's like, wow, things actually worked to perfection. No rolling out, no nothing needed.
0: Yeah, I think he he kinda had some phantom pressure on some of those rollouts. It didn't feel like he actually needed to roll out. He was actually placing himself in in disadvantageous positions there. Nice. Um yeah, I think I said that right. Possibly. Sounded <laughs> nice. Sounded but, nice. I mean me. it, it was a dart. It was a great throw. You gotta give him credit for that one. And and Gisiki caught it and and before we knew it after being down 17 to nothing after the two point conversion to tyreek it was 17 17 and i'm kind of like still looking over at my son being like no no no, settle down settle down we're still gonna get murdered here <laughs> but like there's a a little bit of hope sparking in the back of my mind like maybe we can actually do this
2: yeah i started getting text messages from friends like eye emojis and stuff and i'm like you have no idea just just cut it out wait till this thing's over <laughs> don't be sending me that crap right now um I still, and it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Mike McDaniel, but I still wish I would have saw Skylar Thompson use his legs a little bit more and see some design runs. I mean, and even him, like I feel like it makes sense if Teddy was so banged up and I call him Teddy nine fingers, uh, that's going to be the running name until I see him with all 10 figures Um. If, if he really was banged up and you were worried that, you know, if Skylar Thompson took an unnecessary hit that he would be out and then you'd have to throw Cedric Wilson there, I get that, but there just seemed like there were times where Thompson had green in front of him and you go back to his college tape and he was trucking dudes over, so um I, I just wish we would have saw a little bit of that, but you said, Jake, what was he saying to Skylar Thompson whatever it was, he wasn't saying it fast enough because um it seemed like all every time the Dolphins needed to get up to that line of scrimmage, they were had five seconds on the clock and they were just, you know, rushing up there. Someone said it looked like they just got, the team just got the playbook you know that week and I guess when you have Lester cotton start you know some of these other guys I think you know Robert Hunter right some of those decisions they had to make I mean I guess that's what to expect but um I keep going back to just it was an awesome performance overall I just cannot believe this they, they hung in this thing with you know all those pieces that they were missing
1: let's let's talk about the play calling because everyone's gonna you know instantly go to that fourth and one and I have to be honest too my eyes were on that play clock all day because it seems like they were fighting it but I think a part of this that I just, I'm not using it as an excuse, but like when you have so many different packages coming in, when you're trying to help your seventh round quarterback in so many different ways, Hey, we got to get Alec Engle. and you know, Hey, we got, got to get that sixth lineman. And it's really easy to get caught up in all the commotion. So Merrick, where do you fall on this? Because I, I saw your response to my tweet. You're more in the camp of hey, let's get these calls in faster. But I mean, I I think about this Kyle Shanahan offense. I think about how much pre snap motion they use, and I wonder if that is part of the whole scheme to always be hiking it. I mean, I'm gonna do a whole series on this in in the off season. But but it almost seems like that was the the goal is to be lining up with three seconds left, so Buffalo can really read what's happening.
0: Yeah, that's possible. I think when a lot of your offense is predicated on pre-stamp motion, you got to get there a little bit sooner, though, because too many guys are, are going in motion with two seconds, three seconds left on the clock, and you have to be able to get set Uh, to be able to snap the ball. And we saw the Dolphins get called for that penalty multiple times throughout the season as well, where there was a player in motion who didn't get set before the snap. So, I mean, I felt like this was an issue, no matter the quarterback, whether it was Skyler or Teddy or Tua all season long. I felt like a lot of these play calls were coming in too late. And I guess to play devil's advocate here, to argue against your point, I would say You knew all week that Skylar Thompson was starting. You knew all week that Lester Cotton was starting. You knew all week that you were having uh, uh, your second string running back start. So it's not like you didn't know that there were going to be people uh, in your starting lineup who maybe weren't as prepared to either make the play call or receive the play call as your starters were. So you needed to either simplify things or spend extra time making sure you got these play calls in early enough that you accounted for the extra couple seconds that it was going to take for these players to comprehend what was going on and get to the line and snap the ball in time. That's what I would argue.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
2: I was going to just sit here and say that after this point of this game, it was what, 17-17? Bills added on a field goal. They went into the half. The Dolphins came right out, and I think they went three and out, maybe off of yeah, three Skylar Thompson throws. Perfect three and out, but uh, then just as they planned, right, they punted it back to the Bills, and that was probably when, um, you know, one of the coolest plays we mentioned a little bit earlier, but Zach, uh, Eric Rowe came in on the Blitz. Knock the ball, loose. Zach Sealer scored a touchdown. And we all saw his wife on Twitter, you know, saying if he ever scores a touchdown, you know, he's going to give me that game ball. There are pictures of her with the game ball. I mean, uh, we all love Zach Sealer. We hope he's a, a lifer here with the Dolphins. You know, love his story that we sniped him from the Ravens. I thought that at that point, you know, when that touchdown happened, you know, I just felt like God might, you know, all my life. I thought, you know, there's no way God's a Dolphins fan. And in that moment, I thought, you know what, maybe maybe God is a Dolphins fan. Maybe we do. Maybe we are going to pull up the upset of the century.
1: It's important to keep in mind he might not be a Dolphins fan, but based on history, he's definitely not a Bills fan. So that 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 maybe he just hates <laughs> the boys. That could be it. He does hate him. But this play right here kind of speaks volumes of what we were missing with Brandon Jones at a lineup, right? You look you look at Eric Rowe making that play. It looks like number 29 out there, getting right to Josh Allen. Uh Jalen Phillips was awesome on this play. He just pancakes Josh Allen, doesn't let him get out of there. Um I kind of enjoyed the CBS pregame because they did give the Dolphins some love, specifically Wilkins and Sealer. Uh, they tossed it to them for a little bit. It's a little annoying, you know. We got the, um, you know, where we write so much about these teams. We know, hey, Christian Wilkins like Power Rangers, Zach Sealer is a hunter. Uh, but it kind of bothered me. They couldn't even send a reporter. They just had them sit in two random chairs and, and talk it out. But I mean, Merrick, was this the moment you let your child get excited? Yes,
0: yes, it was. When this <laughs>
1: happened in the second half.
0: Uh, You know, a defensive touchdown, if you look at, like, the stats for for a team, like what the winning percentage is for a team that scores a defensive touchdown, I bet you think I have the number here. I don't, but I bet you it's pretty darn high. So, like, when that happened and the Dolphins took the lead in the second half, I thought to myself, okay, this is crazy. There's been enough crazy stuff that's happened, like, kind of all in succession here that I think there's a chance that the Dolphins might be able to pull this one out.
2: Yeah, and then and then just in typical Dolphins fashion, right? I think that was probably when then he started exchanging punts, and then Cole Beasley ended up scoring. And I, I can't get over it. I know you guys watch always Sunny. He looks like Richard. I retweeted Kripp, that. Right? <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean he <laughs> that was he so d- funny, dude. But I mean, you're right, man. We all got so excited. I mean, at that point, we all had all the hope in the world. We thought they're gonna pull this off. And I mean, at that point, I don't think. It- Bills scored a touchdown there on Beasley. They went up 27, 24. Uh, Then again, they got the ball back. Josh Allen hits uh, Gabe Davis, 34, 24. And at that point, you're just thinking there's no way they get back in this, right?
0: Yeah. At that point, you would think, okay, here it comes. They will, you know, we put up enough points, but they're going to go ahead and score a couple more touchdowns. And this will be a blowout. But the, the Dolphins actually went on a proper offensive drive went down the field and and scored a touchdown with Jeff Wilson running it in. And I believe they said that was the, la- the first Dolphins rushing touchdown in the playoffs since the last
1: Dolphins playoff victory in 2000. Wow. How crazy is that? And it's important to consider here like that. The rushing attack couldn't do anything. Obviously you're starting Robert Jones and, and Lester Cotton. I think he deserves some flowers as like a developmental guy after the years of, you know, Dallas Thomas and uh, God just name some scary people that played on this Dolphins offensive line. It was kind of refreshing to see this guy kind of step in and look okay. Obviously Robert Jones had his struggles, but guys, let's talk about the rushing attack because obviously Raheem Mostert what rushing was great. attack. What rushing exactly. attack, Jake? It was sad. <laughs> jeff wilson 10 carries
0: for 23 yards and that was like like the 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 supreme performance of the day on the ground for the dolphins i want to go back to what josh was saying earlier why the hell didn't skylar thompson run the ball he had over a thousand rushing yards in college and through the last two games you didn't see him take off one single solitary time it it felt like
1: so i might be having some mental gymnastics here but i mean I have a hard time thinking that in the NFL, it's as simple as like, hey, we see something that obviously will work well, and they just they just don't see it. Um, I, I have to think that Teddy Bridgewater was absolutely useless on that sideline, and everybody screamed in <laughs> Skylar Thompson, don't you dare, don't you dare, we need you behind center, uh, but that didn't stop him from dancing along the sideline and getting the snot kicked out of him on a play by Matt Milano. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Skylar Thompson finished the game with two carries for three yards. So
0: somehow he's he still got smashed on the sideline on like one of his only two carries. (laughs) It's incredible.
2: Yeah. And you, you mentioned Teddy being useless. I mean, again, we don't know how severe the injury was, but I mean, I think there was a time when Skyler Thompson got hit pretty good. And I thought, you know, okay, the way we've seen it throughout the season, maybe they make Tyler uh, Skyler Thompson go off to the sideline and Teddy was going to start warming up. He's just sitting there under this big ass jacket doing nothing. Just like looking blank, like blank staring. And I'm like, Okay, I guess we're not going to do this. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe that was the biggest thing. But, um, yeah, you, you look at that rushing attack and you need a more. Right? You can see where Raheem Mostert was needed in this situation. I thought maybe Salvan Ahmed would build on that last game. I think he had, what, six carries for 42 yards and a touchdown, I believe, against the Bills. I thought maybe he'd go out there and make some plays, but they just had nothing going on the ground. And, um, you know, you didn't use Skyler's legs. And at that point, I mean, that's I guess that's why he threw 45
1: times, right, because uh, nothing was working on the ground. I've tried to be a little more PR friendly with my uh, homerism as I, you know, do more podcasts. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the one player where I'm like, no, I, I don't want him anywhere near my team anymore. I I, I, th- nope. I think I'm done with and that. And I used to want that. I used to want him here, you know? That's what sucks. Dude- that, but but you hit the seeing him on the sideline with that big jacket, and he even had a look on his face. It's like almost someone asked me, "Okay, like, hey, you ready to go?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll go out there." It was just <laughs> very very weird and depressing, and it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but guys, can, I want to pull back to the rushing attack because um, this is something we'll talk about throughout the entire offseason But yes, Jeff Wilson struggled. Um, if Raheem Moster is out there, I don't necessarily know if it'd be different if the Bills' defense could still just tee off on the rushing attack, but. How how comfortable would we be you know scale 1 to 10 Jeff Wilson Raheem Mostert comes back another season as the, as the one two maybe even if it's just one of them I'd prefer Mostert obviously more expensive but I think I'd be kind of okay with that
0: Yeah I think I'd be fine with it too uh, Raheem Mostert actually had the most rushing sh- rushing yards uh in any season of his career this year under Mike McDaniel for the Miami Dolphins so uh, I don't think I don't think that's a stat that's getting thrown out there a lot I don't think a lot of people realize that this was nice Raheem catch. Mostert's most productive year in the NFL. And it was as a starter for the Miami Dolphins. So he's getting up there in age, but people forget that he entered the league as I believe it was an undrafted free agent as well, bounced around from a bunch of different teams on a bunch of different practice squads. So you see his age is 31 and you go, oh, that's too old for a running back. Well I mean the tread on his tires, is like 32,
1: I think, when it, he was in Miami.
0: And Raheem Mostert hasn't really like handled the majority of snaps for his team. Uh, in any spot that he's been to, he's had a, a handful of injuries. So, I mean, you do kind of have to deal with that, but as far as like the wear and tear on his legs, it's actually, he's actually relatively fresh. So I'd be totally okay with them bringing back Moster, bringing back Wilson, and then maybe drafting a late, late round running back uh, prospect to see what they can, they can get out of him.
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I was looking at some of the free agents. You see some of the names going around on Twitter. I've always been a big Miles Sanders guy in fantasy, but when you look at what he would you know, get on the open market, you could almost certainly bring back maybe Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert for that. So I think the entire room is hitting free agency, but I would not be surprised at all if they bring back Raheem Mostert, uh, Jeff Wilson, and then, like Merrick said, you draft a guy, and that should be your room right there. But we definitely needed it more out of this unit. You know, we kind of joked. Maybe we'll see Jeff Wilson have his Lamar Lamar Smith game. We, we didn't get it at that
1: but ryan fitzpatrick in that backfield really fixed things up um as yeah. the clock's kind of dimming down on us here guys i'm curious because you know we've spoken about it i i think our tone on players like jason sanders changed a little bit and i think our tone on, on josh boyer i think merrick and i are kind of in the same boat we're not married to him but we get the vision if he stays are we putting too much stock in one game when evaluating this season and looking forward when it comes to these players Probably, but isn't that what we do as <laughs> Dolphins fans? We're, we we found,
0: we found one shred of hope, one ray of light, and we're going to cling to it all off season long for the next seven, eight months until the Dolphins start playing uh, regular season football again later this year. And we're going to go, Hey guys, we hung with the bills 34 31 with our rookie uh, seventh round third string quarterback and missing this guy and missing that guy. And And so I think we're going undefeated because two is back.
2: Yeah. That's music to my ears. Uh, We mentioned that a lot of people have been down on Bradley Chubb. I don't know if any of us mentioned he had that strip. Well, I think Jake did. He had a nice strip sack in this game. So I think he only played 28 snaps. He was clearly hurt, but, Um, You know, we're sitting here saying about how one game might change things. I thought, you know, he stepped up when the Dolphins needed it and almost had a game changing turnover there. So, uh, yeah, like Merrick said, uh, we're definitely um, just going to ride this wave right now and just enjoy things because um, for the first time in a long time, you know, it feels good to be a Dolphins fan. Even if, you know, there are some pessimists out there, you know, nine and eight, they should get rid of Chris Greer, Um, Michael Daniel. I think, you know, maybe I even said that at one point I was so
1: frustrated, but um, yeah, excited for the future for sure. I think part of the reason I'm okay with keeping a lot of these guys Boyer and even more specifically Greer is um, you look ahead to this offseason, right? They're roughly 20 mil over the cap right now. It's it's well-documented how the Dolphins can make moves to clear up space, but that doesn't mean they have flexibility. There is little room for error this offseason, and I think that's why I'm pretty okay with, hey, you know, the, the Josh Boyer vision, the Josh Boyer vision, excuse me, if uh, the defense believes in him, I get it. And Chris Greer, like, if you – the Dolphins they're the top of the roster set you know you got your Tyree Kill Bradley Chubb Jalen Phillips Tua whoever it may be it's going to be tough to build out that bottom of the roster because you can't you know sign Stephen Carter to a three-year 12 million dollar deal to play special teams you need to really be in the trenches and I think that's where the Dolphins will find a lot of value in having guys like Chris Greer who's been around he's seen this roster built and he can kind of figure out those couple different traits excuse me traits that they need at these different positions to say hey you you know we got to go uh you know two million dollars cheaper here three million dollars cheaper here this is where we can sacrifice i know you know you can't really say that on twitter and a lot of people jump on that but i kind of feel like there's a lot of experience growing in this dolphins organization and i feel like we can't just toss that to the side and we do have to
0: mention uh we are recording on a wednesday afternoon um so now that we've all agreed that we're okay if if the Dolphins yes. keep Josh Boyer. He gone. Uh, by the by the time everybody listens to this, he will have been fired. Inevitable. <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
2: Yeah. Oh dude, it's so depressing.
1: Don't even know how to follow that up. Um, Thanks for everything, Boyer. Uh, I think what we should do just to start the offseason, Josh, we, we should post the the clip of us recording while the Tyree Kill stuff uh, started just screaming like little girls because that still we will never capture that lightning again of, of just a very epic, fun, thrilling March day as a football fan.
2: Yeah, no better day in many of our lives than that, to be completely honest.
1: <laughs> you have class- three children, Josh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Redact. I'm just going to beep that out. <laughs> don't don't let
0: them listen to this episode.
2: <laughs> they, oh, damn.
1: <laughs> for the FinSider Radio, we can't say enough. Thank you, everyone, so much for letting us be part of your season, and we can't wait to ride out through this offseason with you. We're going to get Merrick in here more than just on Wednesdays. But until then, for FinSider Radio, we will talk to you next week. Merrick, as we're closing out, you're giving me your
0: Super Bowl pick real quick, though. Uh, I will take the 49ers over the Chiefs.
3: With a